Hi, and welcome to the Yes Podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am yes. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to Yes. Hi, this is Judy Wick. And today I have the privilege of introducing you to a longtime friend. She's actually a young longtime friend. She's only 37 years old. Her name is Christina Lang. And my connection to Christina is her mama, Candy, is a lifelong BFF of mine. And so I, I love Candy and I love Christina and Christina, I've known you for all of your life. <laughs> I love that. I do too, and I am so excited for our guest to meet you. Uh, Christina is just um, a wonderful, wonderful, dynamic, uh, young Christian mother and wife, and um, wears many hats. So Christina, welcome, and I'd like for you to go ahead and just tell the guest just a little background on on you. Thank you, Judy. I love being on the phone with you. It's just so great to even hear your voice. Um, so let's see, a little background on me. I, like Judy said, she's known my mother for years, and um, they were friends, and I was born into a wonderful Christian home, raised that way, and then married a man I actually met in church when I was a little kid. And um, we grew up and got married, and then had six amazing kids, four biologically, and two we adopted through foster care. Um, our children range in age from 12, or actually, no, my oldest just turned 13. I have a teenager. Oh, can't believe that. I know, I know, um, just turned 13, and then my youngest, who I call my baby, is five years old, um, and we just, we live, we live the chaotic, amazing, messy, beautiful life. <laughs> Well, I love things I, I read about you either on your, uh, on your website that we'll tell the guest about later or your, uh, your Facebook page, but oh, Christina, just love how you love Jesus and how you're raising your tribe to, to follow Jesus. Recently, you wrote a book. Um, I think it came out, did it come out this year or was it? It did. It came out January of this this year so we're almost at a year okay well happy birthday on your on your first book then uh christina wrote a book called extraordinary when ordinary people say yes to an extraordinary god and obviously this has been a great tool um for you to use christina in uh helping to teach women how to uh mentor or befriend women of younger generations or again for uh, younger women uh, to reach out to, to older people. So I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how this has been just such a great tool so far. You know, I, I would like to think that anytime you get a few ladies around a table talking about Jesus and spiritual growth, that mentoring relationships grow organically from that. Um, Extraordinary is about calling women out of their comforts and showing them through just ordinary people in the Bible. I specifically chose ordinary folks in the Bible that weren't born as kings or royalty, or, you know, even some of the people I chose were actually less than ordinary. Um, and just, 
using those stories along with my story to just let people know that God chooses and uses the ordinary ones, um, not the ones with all the gifts. And I know that sometimes that can just be so overwhelming when you're, when you're watching someone's life. And um, I actually... The, the whole idea of the book was birthed from so many people, and I, it sounds, I don't know, uppity or something, but people just going, how do you do it? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you have so many kids and how you do this. And I just kept saying, I don't know either. Like, it's not me. It's totally Jesus. And so this book was actually birthed out of a lot of those conversations mm. um, of just really, really wanting people to know that there is absolutely nothing special about me specifically. The only thing special is that I serve a living and active God inside of me. And so you talk about mentoring, and and one of the ways that I really believe this book can be used as a tool is it's all about using stories, and stories in people's lives, stories from the Bible, to encourage one another. And I believe, like I said, mentoring relationships are birthed out of people being vulnerable and using their stories. Oh, Christina, thank you for saying that. I just absolutely love that, and you flesh that out so, so incredibly well. Now, Christina, so you come from a really large family, and then you just explained to us your uh, uh, your personal tribe. So how important has relationships with older women? I know you have lots of godly aunts, and of course, again, your mama. But how how would you see that um, these relationships? How how important have they been in your life? Mm, like like my lifeblood. Uh, relationships with older women have been a part of the fabric of my life since the very beginning. Um, I come from a close family, like you just said, with lots of women aunts um, who have nurtured me, as well as um, I have an incredible mom. Um, I do. am the I do. I am the third generation of women who knew Christ personally, knew their spiritual gifts and callings, and actively lived out their lives listening to the Holy Spirit. Just that alone is honestly unfathomable. Hmm. Because I have always had a solid relationship with my mother. Her mother, who was my nana, was able to lead a classic grandmotherly role in my life. I kind of was explaining it yesterday to my mom. We were chatting. I was like, it was kind of like she got to be the gravy to the mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't that she had to step in and, and parent me, like some grandparents do, and, and I'm so grateful that they do. But in my life, I was so blessed that because I had a great relationship with my mom, my grandmother got to actually just be my grandma. Hmm. And um, there's something very unique and, and actually very holy about living out your roles like that. Um, I spent time with my grandma in the summer um, over school breaks, and she treated me, honestly, never like a little kid who didn't know much, but honestly treated me like a young adult who was literally on the verge of greatness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what that does to a little kid is just, I, I don't even have words, I don't even have words for it. You know, we, mm-hmm. my grandmother wasn't the kind that sat around and, and sewed and um, you know, baked, even though she wasn't against those things. It just, it wasn't what, what filled her soul. And um, so I got to see early on a part of what filled her soul, and that was honestly living a spirit-filled life, talking about Christ. We would go and get our nails done, so we got the foo-foo, but while we were getting our nails done, no joke, our conversations were, so Christina, how is God talking to you today? Mm. 
Um, she would ask me at like 10 years old, all right, when you graduate from college, how are you going to use your spiritual gifts? What do you think your major would look like? How, and how can you use that for Jesus? Every single conversation, every single thing she did, always centered around building, building me up for Christ. Um, she, honestly, the empowerment and everything that was instilled to me from the women in my life, specifically my grandmother, like I said, gravy on the potatoes. <laughs> well, I totally know. I know what you're talking about, and I know who you're talking about because, <clears throat> excuse me, your grandma, I don't know if you know this, um, Christina, but she was actually my, um, we had like a girls club at our church called the Missionettes, and she was actually one of my Missionette leaders. And then she taught a Sunday school class that I was in um, in my teen years. And she made such an impact for me in my life. I feel so blessed because I too have such a godly Christian uh, mama. But I felt like, wow, I, I have this other woman too that was just such a role model. And when she left this earth, knowing that she was with Jesus, obviously, that was the best. But there was this void. It was just like, wow, there was just... You just knew that when you asked Genevieve Sistic to pray for you, that woman, she meant business, and she really knew how to touch the hem of his garment, as we used to say. Yeah, and, and I honestly believe 110% that her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren are still living um, in the fruit of those prayers. I mean, Absolutely. the Bible says that they'll be blessed for thousands of generations, and I... I just got chills up and down my body, like knowing that I come from that kind of a heritage. I love it. You know, one little thing that just comes to my mind about uh, Genevieve is in one of the lessons, this came up and she said that she never put anything on top of her Bible. Now I know we have, you know, the Bible apps and, you know, all that. But anyway, on her on her hard copy Bible, she never put anything on top. So that's that's how that's how we do it in our family and it's funny because even to this day boy if, if my kids come home and it, they just know don't put anything it's not a coaster it is <laughs> but I think again she fleshed out what she taught and preached and obviously passed that on to her daughter who now has passed that on to you but then you had this great relationship with your grandma so that is so that is so so amazing so what would be your best advice, Christina, to women over 50, like myself, relating to your generation? My best advice is don't assume we don't need you. Hmm. My generation is full of women that are so capable. But honestly, that can be a stumbling block. Um, I, I struggle with it in my own life. There's so many things that I can do, and honestly, I feel like I can do pretty well. Um, and I know for an older generation looking down, especially because we're one of the first generations that has a total shift in the way you grew up without, your generation grew up without social media, without right. cell phones, without all this crazy stuff. And so I think that from what I gather and from conversations I've had, the older generation kind of looks down on mine like, I don't even speak that language. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, you know, and it's difficult because I can't call my mom and say, hey, how, you know, what were your rules for cell phone usage when I was a kid? You know, like that stuff didn't exist. Right. 
Um, so a lot of it is kind of two generations right now stumbling around in the dark because of how far we've come um, in the world with computers and just all that. But honestly, still, it comes down to that. Don't assume we don't need you. God did not create generations so that they could live separately from one another. I honestly believe that he set up the family so that the generation above is still alive and active once the generation below become the playmakers. Um, we are still in desperate need of the wisdom of those that have gone before us. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just even writing this down. Don't assume that we don't need you. I love that, Christina. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's reverse that. What would you want your peers to know about why it's important for them to have an older, uh, an older person in their life? Yeah. Well, because of what we've talked about before um, in this conversation, I, I've lived my whole life with built-in mentors. So honestly, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to navigate womanhood, spirituality, etc., without the consistent voice and presence of the older generation in my life. I've just literally learned by modeling that that is an active way to live. It's just, it's in my opinion, the only way to live. Mm -hmm. But I also have to step back and see through all many, many friends, actually more than not, that don't have that kind of relationship with women in their life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have friends that live that way all the time, and I'm shocked, honestly, by the amount of estranged relationships between mothers and daughters. And, and the result of that is women that have learned that they can't rely on other women. Um, I would say to people my age, if you are a mama in the trenches and you do not have an older woman who speaks into your life, then I urge you, like urge you to find one. And, and that sounds easier than, than it actually is, but there's honestly lots of ways to do it. Um, a lot of churches have mentoring ministries set up. If they don't, there's a group called MOPS that's a national group, and they have it set up to where you are instantly paired with a mentor when you sign up to go to the group. Even just organically asking somebody. Um, Sally Clarkson is, a, is an author that I really appreciate, and one of her best advices for women my age to find a mentor is to say, pick three women that are older than you that you have watched their lifestyle and, and you feel like they do a pretty good job. Pick three. Ask all three of them to coffee. Ask them all three the same question, and maybe, just maybe, one of them would say yes. Wow, that's great, Christina. That is great. And I just pray that if there's someone that's listening to this and you do wonder, how do I go about getting that, that older or that younger friend mm -hmm. that would help me through, through life? That's, a, that's a, a wonderful way. And hey, going out to coffee again, <laughs> that can't be a bad thing, right? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, so how are you and Brandon instilling in your kids the value of relationships with older people? Honestly, we model it. Um, we just, again, do the very best we can to do it and not just say it. We do talk about it all the time, but we model it. Um, another thing that is incredibly blessed um, for my life that I know not everyone gets is my mom and um, dad literally live um, 20 steps from my backyard. And um, that was intentional. Um, I know a lot of people look at our life and go, how in the world does that even happen? Um, but it, it was intentional and even more intentional on my husband's part to welcome his in-laws uh, into his backyard. But right. because he sees the greater picture and knows 
how much more enriching a life is um, when you include generational parenting is actually what we call it. And um, we have such a trust relationship that we have built that I always want to make sure people know that it doesn't just happen. Right. My life isn't some magical, mystical, like, oh, I'm so lucky. It literally is intentional things every day. Sometimes that includes hard conversations. Sometimes that includes conversations that people don't like to have about boundaries or different things like that. But honestly, for the most part, the fruit that comes out of living life with one another is uh, you, you, can't even, you can't even put a price on it. The other thing that we do is we're really careful to not talk negatively about our parents um, in front of our kids or any older generation for that matter. I know just being in a family there's, there's things, things that go on, issues, right. in-laws, whatever, issues. Um, we're really careful, not that we make it not that it doesn't exist, but we're just really careful to cut each other off, like literally in a second, when it, if the talk ever would become like catty or, oh, I'm so annoyed or anything like that. We're just very careful in how we talk and make sure that we're constantly honoring our parents to each other and also in front of our kids. The Bible says to honor your parents, and there's actually no, like, expectancy on that. It doesn't say, and once you're 18, you don't have to honor anymore. Um, it literally just says to honor your parents. Christina, um, and I can keep going. So <laughs> oh, I love it that you and Brandon are both so intentional in parenting and raising your daughter and sons in, in a godly way like that. Uh, when I was last, a uh, uh, couple months ago, when your uh, mother and I were visiting, and she said that uh, she just, uh, her and Art just appreciate so much the boundaries that you have placed with, with your children. And to be, what'd you say, 20 steps away from your child, but yet, you know, they feel like you respect your kids, respect their privacy. And yet, you know, at the drop of the hat, if you need them, they're there. <laughs> and so I just think it's so great that the give and take with uh, both couples and how, like you said, you're generationally, uh, intergenerationally raising, uh, raising your tribe. I know that's uh, such a blessing for your mom. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the biggest things in that is breaking down the barriers of pride and, um, you know, kind of the whole idea that every man is an island type thing that our culture can subscribe to. Well, what this really means is you break down those walls and you say, I honestly can't do this alone. And I honestly do want to see what was the biblical model from this from the very beginning. And truthfully, I believe that God set it up this way. I believe that he made it so my mom's, my parents' generation, when I started having kids, were still young enough and active enough and vivacious enough to instill things into my life. Mm -hmm. So I am so grateful that rather than, you know, them deciding, oh, we've hit the magical age, now we can skip out on life and go vacation for the next several years, that they have instead intentionally also decided right. that they want to be a part of our life and instill into my kids the values. Um, and to just you know, basically be the, the, the second baseman, you know, like, like Brandon and I don't believe that the values that our kids have are going to just come from us. We really, really do believe that it takes a tribe, and we have intentionally surrounded ourselves um, with that, with that tribe. <laughs> right. We, I feel uh, so blessed that Wes and I, when our kids were younger, that they were raised around uh, loving, caring grandparents and aunts and uncles. 
and um, I recently had a conversation with someone and said that, you know, my brothers and their wives invested so much into our kids when they were younger that at times when they would need to even correct them or discipline them, I was so glad that, that Wes was a little bit more laid back and didn't, you know, he didn't like fly off the handle if they were uh, disciplining them because they had earned that right. They had... Right played with them galore, you know, the afternoon before or something. So it's like right. uh, there was really a, a, a team effort. And yeah. I, I think that we're missing that in a lot of, you know, families in our in our uh, society now. It just seems like there's just uh, not as much intentionality of the Christian grandparents. And I know there are so many that are just literally giving their lives for, for their kids. But just uh, maybe not as much being intentional sometimes with just being there for the kids and speaking these godly truths into their lives. So Absolutely. And and one of my biggest ways that I would tell, you know, people of your generation like like actually it would be more to people of my generation that that being an excellent grandparent honestly starts with being an excellent parent. And I know that that can sound really overwhelming. The word excellent can just be like unattainable. But the truth is, is if you parent your children when they're young and instill those boundaries and, and it becomes a part of who they are and literally the fabric of their being, as you grow up, that relationship will only mature. So then that trust exists already. So specifically with my mom and me, I trust her inexplicitly. Why? Because she proved trustworthy when I was a baby and when I was a toddler and when I was a teenager. She was there for me. She was honest. She wasn't sneaky. She wasn't, I knew that I could always trust her to have the good advice, the godly advice. So now, as a grandparent to my own kids, because I was raised with that trust relationship, I inexplicitly trust her with my kids. And I know and that I can trust that they can go back to her house for advice or love or a hug. And she's not going to do something that I don't necessarily agree with or trust. I know she's not going to give them candy before dinner. You know, like little things that I know that grandparents love to do. But it sounds silly, but it's those things that the trust is based off of that has given us the fertile soil for where my kids are, are growing up today. Oh, thank you so much, Christine. I just love this insight. And in just a minute, we'll, uh, I'll come back and just ask you to share any, any final thoughts. Um, but I just want our listeners to know that um, Christina has a great website. She's an excellent writer and, uh, and communicator. And if you want to go to her website, it's christinalang.me. And that's Christina Lang, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, L-A-N-G dot me. And on her website, you'll see information for ordering um, Extraordinary, when ordinary people say yes to an extraordinary God. And I think that takes you directly to uh, an Amazon link. But um, I would highly recommend uh, this book for uh, a women's Bible study uh, coming up in, uh, in 2016 or just if you want to get a few women and, and young girls um, around your table or at a coffee shop, I think you would really enjoy this, uh, this book. So please check her out. So, Christina, in closing, do you have any final thoughts, again, on just why you feel that it's so important for our generations to uh, connect? Well, if I haven't made it obvious enough, I think really it comes down to something super basic, and it's the fact that we need each other. 
God created us. Um, within the lifespans that we're, like I said, we're still alive and active in one another's lives for two and three generations. And to overlook that, I believe, is a great fail. Um, my grandmother got to be an excellent mother because my mother was an excellent mother, and I, and I already kind of went into that. But, again, it's pivotal for the relationship that my mom now has with her own grandkids. Um, I can also see how it would be easy to get stuck in the rut of not thinking that the other generation has anything in common with yours or just doesn't understand. And, and some of that is true. But when we can all sit back and optimistically look at what the takeaways are in being with community with one another, especially multi-generationally, I think we will find a huge piece to the puzzle that we didn't even know we were looking for. Mm. And one of my other takeaways that I really want people to get is that communication over competition is the key to one of the successes of this. The Bible literally has dozens, dozens of verses, if not hundreds, that talk about generations teaching each other. But one of my favorites and one of the ones that my kids all know is uh, Psalm 145.4, and it says this, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And I think it goes both ways. I think as the generations work together, the older generations can commend the works that God and tell of the miracles and tell of the blessings in their life. And I also think watching my parents around my kids and the new gift of life and the miracle in a birth and the miracle of a baby and watching a toddler walk for the first time and all that reminds my parents' generation that God is still alive and active in the world today. Oh, Christina, I wish I could just reach across the phone line and just give you a big hug. I just, I love your heart, hon. I love your spirit. And you and Brandon, you're just doing so many right things with your kids. And thank you for the example that you are to not just your peers and even younger women, but thank you for the example that you are to my age and and, um, older women. It's like you just... um, you really inspire me, and so I'm trusting that you're inspiring others, too. So can I just ask you, Christina, to just, if you would be so kind to say a prayer for our, listen, to our, listener, for our listeners? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, the author and finisher of all of our words, Lord God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for Judy and the ministry of Yes, God, and what it speaks to people of her generation, God. And just please, please, in the times that are weary, help her to understand how necessary this is, Lord. Thank you for an older generation that is still alive and active and wanting to serve you and and see your works and see your works be marvelous, Lord God. I pray for my generation. I pray that we would not subscribe to the culture and become an island and be so capable that we don't need anybody and, you know, recluse ourselves from community, Lord God, but that we would look to the old times of the Bible and the Old Testament when you created family and you created community, and that we would see how much more alive and active we can be in community, Lord God. You yourself have shown us community, Lord, and I pray that we would just subscribe to every single thing, Lord God. Help us to break down the walls of pride and the I-can-do-it attitude, Lord God, and learn to rely on one another. I pray, Lord God, that the generations listening to this right now would think of one thing that they could do that would allow themselves to reach across those generational barriers, Lord God, and dwell in harmony, God, and 
just put you at the center of it all. Again, I thank you for Judy and the ministry of Yes. I thank you for all those that are listening. I pray that they would be blessed today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christina. I love you so much. Mm, Love you too. Thank you for listening to the Yes Podcast. If you are interested in getting involved with YES or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yes2serve.org.